my greatest fear was was jumping out of a plane. For years, I would have nightmares and dreams about about how terrified I was, and I was I was like ashamed of myself because I see myself as a, a fearless warrior. But the truth was, I've, I'm just as scared as everybody else. And so, you know, for me, I had to take on that challenge, and I went out there and and I got my solo skydiving license and. I remember multiple times, especially that first day where I had to jump out on my own and there was no trainer. He, I had to jump out of the back of the plane, looking down at the ground. And I'm thinking, what the frick are you doing here? And you get, you don't need this. You don't need this problem. Go, go back to bed. And uh, I looked at him and he knew I was, he knew I was about to bail. And he's like, don't you can do it. Don't you bail. <laughs> I'm out. Like, I, I jumped out of the plane head first, flopping and turning and, eventually stabilized myself, but it was the most beautiful, proud, incredible moment of my life where I popped that shoot. I did it all on my own. I faced my greatest fear ever. And I had to do that because I had to prove to myself I could do anything. Welcome to the Founder's Journey Podcast. I'm Greg Moran. I'm Peter Dean. We're founders who struggle the same way every other founder does. Our goal is to let founders tell their own stories. Part inspiration, part knowledge and learnings from everyday founders to make your journey a bit easier. Hey, welcome back to the uh, Founders Journey podcast. Um, Greg Moran, the host, with uh, with Peter Dean. Peter, I made up? it back. I'm here. Made it back. I'm I'm really excited about Andy, our next guest, because his topic's super important. I think it's uh it's something that's like it's hidden if you're not a founder, but if you're a founder, you know this adversity comes. So super important. Really excited yeah. to hear what he has to say. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this is um, what we're, well. Let me just go into the intro, and then we'll get into what we're going to talk about. So, um, so our guest this week, really glad to have Andy Anderson. Andy's a serial entrepreneur, so certainly um, you know a background that I think every listener um, will know and uh, know and love, and certainly identify with. Been building companies for about eighteen years. Uh, he's an author. He's a podcast host. He's a TV host, um, which I look forward to uh, hearing more about. An athlete, um, coach. And um, and right now he's the founder of his current company, Relentless Education. Uh, so Andy's going to tell us about that. Um, he's fought through just like uh, every founder, an awful lot of adversity, plenty of times in his uh, in his founder's journey. And that's really what we're going to be diving into today is whole concept of overcoming adversity and fear. So Andy, welcome uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here. And uh, look, I love the topics that you that you both cover. It's so important. I know a lot of entrepreneurs need that at those early stages. So it's an honor to be here. Hopefully I can share some value. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have it. So let's just kind of start out at the, at the top. Give us, um, give us a background. Let us, uh, you know, let, let our listeners kind of get to know you a little bit better here. You know, where did you, uh, where'd you start? I know it's been a really interesting journey, you know, for you along the way. I'd love to kind of start there. For sure. So I guess my founder's journey started when I was about 20, 24, 25. So I was a um, fitness coach. Just a further background, I left school early, about 14 years old. Didn't know what I wanted to do. Went into a trade uh, just because I was a bit naughty at school. Wanted to be a rock star. Didn't, didn't think that was going to work for me. So I just thought I'm going to make some money, help my mom out, work with my hands, work outdoors. And, uh, and that was good. But definitely wasn't nourishing my soul and I knew I was destined for more I knew there was just something more out there for me and I really loved working on my health I lost a lot of weight at, at a certain stage of my life and it blew my mind at 
all the things I was learning about right nutrition and, and the right foods. And so I took that passion and I decided to leave the carpentry game and go into uh, being a PT, a health coach. So when did my courses, went and uh, became one of the, the top PTs at, at a certain large club in, in Melbourne. And then I was sort of stuck in the bubble of, of their business at that stage. They feed you the leads. They sort of, they, you know, I learned sales. I learned marketing there, which was fantastic, like a low level marketing. But again, I was just yearning for a challenge and really wanted to do something on my own. I had this dream to create a, a gym that encompassed mindset, nutrition training. So, you know, that sounds really common these days, but you know, about 12 years ago or a little bit longer, it really was not, um, it wasn't that common. Mindset wasn't being utilized in gyms that much. And I was obsessed with Tony Robbins and obsessed with personal development. I thought there's this missing link between, you know, getting people results in the gym and, and their mindset. People aren't really working on the internal game. So I went on a, a bit of a journey to figure out how I was going to build a business. I had no money, no experience. I was, I was hungry though. I had a vision. I was, I was ready to go. And I, I think I jumped on this random webinar, something happened, but I, I'm pretty sure it was a webinar and they started talking about raising capital with other people's money. And I thought, wow, that is a freaking great idea. I can open a business with, with someone else's money, not my own. I thought that is genius. So I just, I got obsessed with that topic. I was like, I need to learn this. I need to figure out a way to, to get money together. And I know if they give me the money, I'll pull this off. So I went on a journey of learning about capital raising and how to put money together and started figuring out, you know, profit and losses and business plans and all of those little things that you need to, to I guess, uh, inspire belief that you can do something in business when, in, in fact, I had no freaking clue, but, you know, we, we charge on. I mean, that's the, that's the <laughs> entrepreneurial <laughs> journey. Exactly. I'm still trying to figure it out. No, exactly <laughs> right. And so, look, you know, long story short, over a period of time, uh, some clients started saying, I'll put in 5K, I'll put in 10K. You know, some friends and family said this and that. And I thought, oh, wow, this is going to be, I can start, I could start to see how real it could actually be. And look, we end up raising about, me and my ex-wife, we raised about $20,000. We um, we had enough to get a lease on this massive old building in the, in the heart of Melbourne CBD, right near the casino. My naive mind was thinking, okay, it's old, it's run down, it's empty, pretty shitty to be honest, but there's so many people. It's in the middle of the city. I know the medium income is is massive around here. Lots of corporates. I'm like, if anyone can pull this off, I can do it. I'm going to get the lease. So we put 20K down. And then I also negotiated one year rent-free, which was um, which was massive. And unfortunately, we had no more money after that. But we had the dream. We had the the building. And we started walking people through. And Look, we, we eventually found two investors that were willing to put in the money. I raised just over $500,000, which was definitely needed because this building was like, it was like two, 2,500 square meters. So it was quite, quite large for a gym. And because I was a chippy, I could build it myself. I, I built all the uh, toilets and, and really renoed this whole place. But by the end of the renovation, we, we were left with no money again. So again, just shows you how switched on I was as an entrepreneur and a founder. But, um, you know, I spent all the money on the fit out, looked great. We had no clients, we had no money. So I had to learn how to get clients. And, and basically my, my next strategy was, um, hit the streets. So, you know, there's a lot of people, I got a clipboard. I used to dress up in this, um, it's called a morph suit. I don't know if you know what they are, but they're like those one piece 
you can't see the face. They're, real, they're, actually, they're actually really scary. I don't know if it was a smart marketing tactic or not, but, but it's, it's weird. It's different. I'm going to run around like this giant freak and, and run up to people and get their details. And so look, I spent six months running, running around the streets of Melbourne, scaring people, getting their details, going back, calling them, getting them in, signing them up as members. And our first hundred memberships, we, we signed up off the street and that was sort of how we launched the first business. And, um, like, I mean, there's so much to say about that business, but eventually we, we grew that, that company from one location to 18 locations all over Australia. Um, we had really cool offshoot businesses from that. We had food prep company, a little supplement company, um, you know, mindset company, a whole, a whole bunch of cool things came from that business, which was fantastic. And through that, I launched my first book. I published a, a book, um, got a got a book deal over with a, a business in New York, which is fantastic, a publisher over there. And um, and that was really the start. And so, you know, that 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 grinding and overcoming all those barriers from from that point of view when I was, you know, 25, turning 26, started started learning about it when I was about 24. That journey was, you know, scary as hell. It was a, a huge, huge leap in education that I had to get my head around. But it really set me up for, you know, everything I do do here. And like, there's so many stories in between all of that to, to this point now. But I mean, that gives you a bit of an idea of where I've come from and how I started the first company. So you ran out of money three times, basically, you said? You kind of well, ran out of money. Not, not, look, I've run out of money many times in, in my old business career, but that was just in the, that was just in the first, first yeah. 12 months. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just laughing because I know Greg has at least done it three times. Oh, 100%. Hey, look, it's it's the way, especially when you're trying to do big, you gotta you gotta get invest that money and unfortunately it doesn't grow on trees. So <laughs> Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So you know what so when you when you think about kind of where, where you started, right? And I love the story about starting, you know, really basically starting when you're fourteen years old, right? And I think, you know, one of the things that Peter and I love to love to do on this podcast is talk to founders who, you know, have taken a very non-traditional path and just sort of found a way, right? And, you know, to kind of to navigate to to navigate all of that. And, yeah. you know, effectively, I mean, you're here you are 14 years old. You leave, you you start this, it's, you know, it's kind of that puts you on the path to be a carpenter. That puts you on the path to work for a gym. That per you know, puts you on the path to open your own gym, right? It's this, it's very much this non-traditional way. But but it requires a mindset, right? It requires kind of a, a way of thinking. I mean, talk about that a little bit, Andy. Like what, you know, what what is that kind of string that that or that thread that that sort of went through there where it it enables you to just keep making one step after another after another and sequentially larger steps to where you are today. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, now it's I guess it's a little bit easier to language what what those components are. But, you know, when you're 14, I you have no idea. You've just got a feeling, don't you? It's like when I was that age, I had this feeling like I wanted an adventure. I had a feeling like I, I could do anything if I really tried. I had a feeling like anything was possible and and um, that if I put the energy into something, it would always grow fruit. And so that was just this sort of, you know, unconscious belief that that I'd, I'd had. You know, my, my parents did not have money growing up. We, we didn't come from any, any privileged background. No entrepreneurs in my um, in my family, I mean, my dad tried to start businesses, but was never really successful at it. Couldn't pull it off. So, you know, I think it was, I, I often say potentially it was from my mom and dad, just constantly telling me growing up that I could do anything, you know, like 
they didn't have a lot of money, but they did enforce some good affirmations constantly around leadership and, you know, being able to live a dream if I wanted to step up to that. And, and so I believe that maybe that was the, the initial thing that filled me with a certain level of belief and optimism. Um, but then as you move forward and you, you get knocked down a few times, so that's, that's the real test, isn't it? I think we all start out with this purity of endless possibility, but after a few knocks, some of us get deflated and, and sort of want to hide a little bit and, and others chew it up, spit it out and get back up and push on a little bit more. And it makes you a little bit stronger each and every barrier that you face. And, um, and I think I was, you know, lucky enough to just have this belief in me that even though I'd, I'd get knocked down constantly, it was just making me better. It was just making me smarter and tougher. So I think I, I was naturally able to frame it in a way that would serve me rather than hinder me. And, um, and now as I look back on all the skill sets, you know, with the education that I've, I've dedicated my to, myself to and people that I've learned off and always watching great people's patterns and belief systems and mindsets, you then start to learn better ways of fortifying your strength and confidence and self-belief to make sure that the massive knocks don't completely obliterate you. So, you know, a great, a great example of that is through COVID. I mean, I, I, those 18 gyms, I lost majority of them through COVID. Our, our state was locked down for three years. Like it was the harshest lockdowns in the world were in Victoria where my businesses were. So, you know, we, we went through a lot of crazy stuff there and that could have been the end of, of my entrepreneurial journey. If I had not fortified so many different components of my mindset and energy and Again, I'm not saying it was easy. There were moments where I was freaking down and in the dumps and like hating myself, hating life and everything in between. But, you know, even through that, I was still able to launch a bunch of new companies and, and launch a TV show and do all these other things purely because of the years of that conditioning, I believe, to always believe that I could pull something off and always believe there's something better. Peter, good. Uh, yeah, you, you say, um, I, there's a quote from Instagram, I think it was, 90% of the people choose to hide. It's safer and less noisy. 10% choose to thrive. Why don't you talk about that? Because you, you already started talking about that, and it's based on this fear, right? Fear is that thing that divides the, that, those two groups. For sure. Well, I really think it is. I think we're, you know, we're, we're conditioned to not stick our heads out in Australia. We call it tall poppy syndrome. You know, you guys have less of that over there, I've noticed, but here... You know, you, you step up and do big things or, you know, put yourself out there. It's easy to get cut down. It's easy to uh, to get your ego busted and torn. And so people have a fear of judgment, a fear of rejection, a fear of failure over here. And I, I mean, everywhere. It's, it's, a, it's a, human, a human trait. And I, I think that some of us are, you know, lucky enough or whatever. I don't know the right term. It's, it's either self-developed or it's given. But either way. You know, we, we choose to face the fear, we choose to learn to understand the fear, and then we choose to create strategies to keep becoming stronger. So as those, I guess, the, the greater heights that you face and the bigger fears that you potentially face, you're able to think through the problem and the challenges and overcome it and, uh, and succeed. And I think that's the difference that makes a difference, isn't it? And, you know, in my book, I write something about progressive overload and I, and I have this mindset around anything to do with fear rather than throwing myself at it completely immediately and, and completely overwhelming myself. I just progressively overload myself on any fear to make sure that I'm conditioning and, um, and, and building that self-belief and strength. And so, you know, I do that in business in lots of different ways to test myself and 
and, and I play this game with myself to really make myself stronger. And then, you know, I do a bunch of other things outside of business to also challenge and test myself like skydiving, you know, like, like getting on stage with, with bodybuilding, these things, you know, my greatest fear was heights. My greatest fear was, was jumping out of a plane for years. I would have nightmares and dreams about, about how terrified I was. And I was, I was like ashamed of myself because I see myself as a, a fearless warrior, but the truth was I've, I'm just as scared as everybody else. And so, you know, for me, I had to take on that challenge and I went out there and, and I got my solo skydiving license. And I remember multiple times, especially that first day where I had to jump out on my own and there was no trainer. He, I had to jump out of the back of the plane, looking down at the ground. And I'm thinking, what the frick are you doing here? And you get, you don't need this. You don't need this problem. Go, go back to bed. And uh, I looked at him and he knew I was, he knew I was about to bail. And he's like, don't you can do it. Don't you bail. <laughs> I'm out. Like, I, I jumped out of the plane head first, flopping and turning and eventually stabilized myself. But it was the most beautiful, proud, incredible moment of my life where I popped that shoot. I did it all on my own. I faced my greatest fear ever. And I had to do that because I had to prove to myself I could do anything because that immediately translates into my business. My business is my, the most important thing in my life. I it's my creativity, it's my love, it's my passion. And so if there's any external thing that brings doubt into my capabilities, then it's going to hinder my growth there. And so that's why I do certain things like that to just make sure that I'm strengthening, conditioning, fortifying the mind and the heart so I can um, continue to perform at a high level. I love, there, there, there's, in that last minute and a half you just talked, there's probably five questions that I'd love to, you know, I'd love to get in, but the concept that that concept of progressive overload right, is something really interesting. It's something I've, I've actually been thinking, sort of reading a lot about. Not not in the way that you're expressing it, right? But fear as something to actually not, you know, we're sort of trained to avoid fear, right? We're 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 sort of trained at, at the youngest age, right? To like, if if you're afraid of something, that means you go the other direction. There's obviously a lot of reasons for that, right? I mean, that are yeah. perfectly legitimate. Um, but, but fear can get so exacerbated. Right. And I love that concept of progressive overload. I mean, talk about that a little bit more. Like if you're a founder, if you're a startup, you are living in this state of fear on this level, right? This, this sort of moderate intense level with these spikes of real intensity. And maybe, you know, maybe you go slightly down below the baseline, but not far. Right. How do you how do you coach a founder or coach one of your athletes through it to say the baseline goes up, you know? Right. Yeah. Here's how you it keeps coming up. Train your mind to handle. Yeah, well look, I like to break it down into specifics. So it's you know, it's easy to say progressive overload and you know, you start yeah. your day at your desk and you're thinking, yeah. you know, what what do I do here? But you break it down into category of departments and the most important things I think normally founders going into a business where they don't have a lot of experience, they don't know what they don't know. But they also don't realize they're avoiding all the hard shit. They're avoiding like prospecting, selling, going out there, finding business. If they don't have money, that's not an excuse not to get business. They could be door knocking. They could be going door to door around every business. They could be getting yellow pages out. Like there's so many, if you really had that mindset of I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to make this work, you would find a way, right? There's so many ways without putting ad spend into Facebook and, and other areas like that. And so with my approach to business, you know, I, I look at what resources, if it's myself, what resources do I have? If I'm coaching someone, I'm like, what resources do you have? 
Do you have money to put in the marketing and sales? No. Okay. Well, you've either got sweat, sweat equity or you've got money. And if you don't have money, you've got to put in sweat equity. So this is the, the play that you're going to have to do if you're, if you're serious about this game. And so, you know, with that said, it might be sales because most people have this fear around sales and rejection. And I'll say, look, I'm not going to get you to 100 sales calls today, but I'm going to get you to have three conversations, just three. It's that easy. And all you're going to do is you're going to DM these three people or you're going to call these three people or you're going to get your phone out and call three friends and beg them to buy something off you, whatever it is, you know. But the next day you do five and the next day you do 20 until you then set up a bit of a consistent benchmark around the thing that you ate or the thing that you're uncomfortable around. And by the time you've done, you know, a few weeks of this, it becomes nothing because you're so, you adapt to the process. Um, and, and obviously you become good at it as well. And so, you know, I've trained a lot of different sales teams. I've trained call center teams. I've had a whole bunch of different sales teams and I, I've always seen the same patterns in people coming into sales. And so I always get them started with that in the onboarding slowly, slowly. Um, if they've got talent, I can push them a bit harder, but it's always the way. Same with marketing and prospecting, you know, the same fears come up, rejection, judgment, failure, all of those things. And so progressively overload yourself with that. It might be, I'm scared to do Facebook videos. All right, sweet. Do, do one for the week. Next week, we're going to do two. Week after, we're going to do three. Then we're going to do five per week consistently. And by the end of the month, you're a pro. You, you're just used to doing it. And that's just the way we're built as humans. It's just like the gym, you know, the gym sucks at the start. And, you know, when I'm doing new, if I'm doing jujitsu or boxing or any other, you know, form of, of fitness or combat sports that I'm not used to, it sucks. You're getting punched in the face a lot, but you adapt to it. You know, you adapt to everything. And that's the beauty of being human where we're these incredible species that we literally can adapt to basically anything that we throw ourselves at. And if we do it smart, we can sort of trick the brain. We hack the brain's process. If we don't, then we freak out and then we get overwhelmed and we quit and we run away and hide. So, you know, the smartest thing we can do as founders is be aware of what you potentially suck at and what you're avoiding. What do you truly feel uncomfortable around and what are you avoiding? And, and the truth is that's probably the thing you need to focus on the most. Start taking bite-sized chunks out of it and then eventually you'll have the whole cake. Yep. Love it. Love it. There's one other thing you said in there too. I think that um, is, you know, it was interesting, right? You sort of mentioned it as a joke of passing, but you're standing up there on the plane, right? You're about to do it and you're freaking out. Yeah. Right? And saying, yeah, screw this. I'm not doing it. You're coaching and your, your instructor, your coach is standing there saying, don't you fucking back out. You are not yeah. doing it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there is that part of the startup world too. And you're talking about skydiving context, but there is that part of the startup world where you, you, you actually do have, have to have that person who's hands drawn. Yeah. Right. And so true. Yeah. No, I think it's so important. I mean, you can get that in the form of podcasts. You can get that in the form of mentors. You can get that in the form of, you know, entrepreneurial groups, but, the, the founder space and the entrepreneurial space in general is a freaking lonely space. You don't know until you're in it because you can't, once you're in business, most people can't relate to the experience that you're going through. You're, you can't be friends with all of your team because you've got to, you've got to have this level of authority and leadership. You, you can't, you can't have like vulnerable conversations with people in your business because you have to be the, the pillar of strength. You need to rely on mentors and and I personally, I love biographies and reading into, you know, great people that helped me a lot think the way they thought. So you need to be smart with standing on the shoulders of giants and accessing support and inspiration 
in any way that you can. And, and again, we're, I think we're super blessed that we've got so many resources available to us these days. You know, back 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago, people didn't have seminars, podcasts, webinars, all of these cool things, audio books, you know, none of these things. So I'm, I'm really fortunate and grateful. And I think, you know, if people could be incredible trailblazers 60 years ago, we've got no freaking excuse. If you've got a bit of hunger, everything's there for you to take. I, yeah. I think you made a really good point. Um, you said something about like being afraid of sales, but some people aren't afraid of sales and they're running at that, but they're afraid to get some help. And that you made a point that's really strong. That may be what you're afraid of and that's your fear. And you, you don't want to go get help. You want to do everything yourself and do all that. That was kind of my road a little bit, but um, getting help and letting people help you and letting them in and listen to you and then tell them how like, you know, I don't know what to do here. I'm kind of screwed up. I know how to do this, but I don't know how to solve for this problem. Yeah. That's sometimes the hard thing for someone. Not yeah, that, I, I agree. I know a lot of people are scared of sales, but some people aren't. And they're like, they'll run around and do that all day long, but they're not fixing other stuff because they didn't address it or deal with it. So true, for sure. And I think, you know, one of the, the seven deadly sins is pride, right? And so yeah. I, I think that ego and pride play such a negative role in entrepreneurship and as a business owner. And I, I don't think you, for me personally, I didn't realize that until it was too late multiple times. And so I had to learn that the hard way in regards to unresourceful ego, how I was making decisions around ego where I could have made better financial decisions, but I was doing it because I wanted to look better or I wanted to sound better or, you know, all I wanted to be like, I wanted to be uh, perceived that I was bigger and better, you know, everything was about bigger and better. And so I think not until you have some, you know, major fuck ups around that. Sorry, sorry about the swearing, but uh, no, not until you have. <laughs> sorry, we do it we all do the time. It. Oh, perfect, great. Could <laughs> have asked earlier. So not until you have some of those major fuck ups do you realize how detrimental, you know, pride and ego is to to business. And so with what you've just explained, you know, your your ego gets in the way where you don't ask for help, or you know, you might you might be good at sales, but your deficiencies in uh, finance and accounting, but you're too proud to ask for help there. And then all of a sudden your books are cooked and you, you know, you owe the tax department, you know, $300,000 or a million dollars and you're screwed. So these things matter. And I think, you know, a, a bit of hot wisdom for any new founder out there is be humble enough to just pay attention to yourself and what your unresourceful ego is trying to make you do. Like, I'll give you a quick story about, you know, when I first opened gyms, I was obsessed with having my logo on all of the equipment and all of, all of these things because I wanted to just look like I had everything under lock. I was a badass. I had my own equipment, you know, all, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But that cost me hundreds of thousands more than I should have spent on equipment. And because of that, we, it was really, really painful for me and my um, ex-wife at the time to get the business off the ground in the first year because we ran out of money. We're struggling. I'm running around on the street like a weirdo trying to, sign people up you know we we couldn't many times we, we couldn't pay bills and stuff because we were struggling and a lot of it was because of my decision making early on around things i didn't need but my ego yeah. was forcing me in that direction so you know and i and i had to learn that lesson many times after that one but now it's one of the first things i check in with i'm like do i really need this why why do i want this is it my ego or is it factual is this reality or is it, is it, you know, something that I'm just trying to impress someone? I just analyze my thoughts and my decisions way more now because I know at the end of the day, 
it could cost me a lot. It could be huge financial mistakes. It also, you know, can can create a whole lot of uh, different unresourceful and, and terrible situations in other areas of your life. So as a founder, as an entrepreneur, check your ego, check your pride and make decisions um, resourcefully. So much of the entrepreneurial mindset, right? It is, it goes even beyond mindset. It's, it's pure identity, right? This is what I am. And in a lot of ways, this is where like, I think that the parallel to professional athletics or, or, you know, things like that really come in. Like, this is what I am, right? I am an entrepreneur. I am a founder. You know, you'll have people that will come in and they'll start a business and decide, ah, this isn't for me. I'm going to go back to the corporate world. Perfect. Awesome. Right. Yeah. But those of us that kind of stay in this world and don't get out of it, that's where that role of ego, I think, really becomes a, a major challenge, right? Because when it becomes your identity, you have to maintain that identity at all costs. Yeah. Yeah. I think what Greg's saying is so true. And it's funny because this theme of what you just said, what we've been through personally, what we hear stories about on this podcast of these people going they're going through this process and they're learning and they're making these big mistakes by letting those things get in the way. And then they learn and then they get to this comfort level where they know that's a flaw, but it's also what's allowed them to get here in a way, right? So you can't like discount a hundred percent, but you got to check in with it and know it's there. And that's the biggest, like when you look at early founders, that's your biggest flaw you see probably. Greg, you see a lot more come through pitching for and you can see it coming and it's just it's exciting to you you're like oh man these guys are so excited about this but you also have to be really careful you know really yeah. careful absolutely absolutely yeah i mean it can make or break businesses and fortunes there's no doubt about it so let me take this kind of full circle right as we kind of start to wrap up here andy you start when you're 14 you have a pretty you know, by all, by a lot of, of, you know, sort of definitions, you have a pretty non-conventional start to becoming an entrepreneur and you do it at a really young age. I mean, Sid, you've been at it for 18 years. You're obviously a pretty young guy. I won't ask your age, but, uh, but you're still a pretty young guy. And um, how much of that, you know, having to kind of start at such a young age of being, you know, really building this, how much of that really defined you? And how much of that do you think really contributed to that, sort of success that you've seen. Yeah, look, I mean, I think it's I think it's everything. I think it all just layers on top of each other. I think every every win that you get and every um everything that you start and even everything that fails, you you are taking elements of confidence, elements of, of wisdom, you're taking the learnings. If you're smart, you're hopefully taking the 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 problems and the failures and seeing how to never do that shit again, which is the the most important part of business. And, you know, again, I think that is, that is the actual game. There is zero entrepreneurs, like great entrepreneurs out there that haven't failed just as much as, as they have succeeded. It's that simple. And you don't realize that until you've, you know, matured in business over, over time, because then you get to hear the war stories. But it's funny, a lot of the entrepreneurs won't share their war stories until they know that you've had a war story. So once you, once you've had right. a few, yeah. few hard hits, then all of a sudden, you know, you, you get this badge of honor where some of these other great entrepreneurs come over and they start like sharing their story and, and trying to help you. And then you sort of learn from them. And that's beautiful. Like that, that is incredible. When I went through the, um, the, the chaos of COVID, I had so many great, 
um, older, more mature entrepreneurs approach me, share their stories of like, you know, how they, they've had to liquidate companies and they had, you know, bankruptcies and all and things that were all worse than what I was going through. And it was such a gift to just hear that and get strength from that and just be like, well, this is the game and I'm, I'm in this freaking game. So I'm getting back in the arena and let's go, you know, and, and that really sort of helps me grow and develop. So, you know, to answer your question, I think everything feeds into the next stage if you truly want it bad enough. And if you're smart enough to let that layer, the, the, the strength, the resilience, the wisdom, the strategic strength, the tactical strength. Um, and then of course, you know, if you're willing to maintain the energy around business, because it's, it's all about energy, isn't it? It's all about being able to cultivate that drive and energy to continue to face those things every single day. You can only get better and better. And, you know, I, I feel like I've, I haven't even scratched the tip. I'm so, I'm so ready and, and so ready for the future. I, I think everything I've done up until this point has just been a bit of a university for me. I didn't get to go to university, didn't finish high school. This was it for me. So I'm, I'm learning my lessons. I'm applying them. And, uh, you know, it might be the school of hard knocks, but it's the school I chose. So here we are. <laughs> it was Mark Twain's, I think it was Mark Twain's quote. I just read, I actually just saw this last night and I'm like butcher it. I think what is it? Don't, don't let, don't let school get in the way of your education. Is that yeah. the, uh, love that. that. Well, it goes, uh, so true. Something. So true. Yeah. Well, Andy, what do you, what tell us what you're up to now? I mean, you got, you got book. Would it ultimate you, right? Is the name of the yeah, book? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, if uh, anyone out there wants to, to read up on the book, you know, Audible, Amazon, any any good bookstore through the US, etc. It's called The Ultimate You. Um, that's a book a, a little bit about my journey, uh, a little bit a little bit about my journey pre-COVID. So you'll you'll see sort of what where I was at before COVID and the vision around that. It's changed a lot, so it's actually going to be quite interesting comparing my my new books and to my old books. But that book's uh, for Google. Well, so yeah, exactly right. I'm due. So that's about mindset frameworks, about stories of how I, you know, face certain things and, and strategies that I use to overcome them. Um, and then I, I've got a, a company called Change Labs, which is a, a new health and fitness brand. We've got a new app coming out. Um, season two of our TV show here in Australia in pre-production. We're really excited about that. Um, that that company. What's you know, the name of the uh, TV show? Um, so season one was called Change Labs uh, after the show. I don't want to give too much away just yet because we're just in the midst of selling season two. But I, the change, the name might change. But initially, if um, you, you check out uh, Channel 7 here in Australia, it's called Change Labs. Got it. And can you, is that distributed outside of Australia too? If somebody's listening to this in the US or somewhere else, can they get it on? Nate, that is a good question. I'm not quite sure if you can access it from, from, uh, from yeah, overseas. But if we'll, you try, look at, we'll try and find it. And if yeah. we can, we'll put a link. Yeah, we'll yeah. check look, it down. If you look up 7 Plus, that's the streaming channel that it's on now after it's been aired on TV. So, yeah, that was a wild journey. I, I produced I produced that TV show, wrote the show, uh, raised all the capital for it. We launched that during co or just after COVID. So that was a, a big achievement because it was probably the worst time of my life. But still, I was determined to get this off the ground and move it forward. So that was that was incredible. And um, Change Labs is a, a passion business for me. It's all about peak performance, mindset, recovery, um, and really just helping people physically, mentally, and emotionally be the best versions of themselves. So I love that company and um, we're doing some really cool things there. And then, you know, my other passion business is Relentless Education. So we teach entrepreneurs and coaches how to um, take their business from zero to their first $100,000 and then 
beyond that from a hundred to, to multi-million dollar businesses in the different levels of our programs. And so that is, is really something that I just freaking love to do. I, I love having these conversations, you know, it's exactly what we're doing today. It's talking to them about their struggles and the pains and figuring out solutions and helping share all those effed up things that have, that I've gone through and, and hopefully they don't have to go through them as well. So it's, um, it's a really, really incredible business to be a part of and a founder of. So I'll just tell you, there's a lot of people out there doing stuff like that, that didn't do it. Andy, someone that's done it. That's a big difference when you talk to someone that's been through the shit, so to speak. Yeah. Appreciate um, it. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, Andy, this was uh super fun to have you on. Um, this was, uh, this was actually, uh, the first time we met, but hopefully, uh, hopefully not the last and, um, Absolutely. and love to kind of continue to follow the story and have it back on again and, um, and talk more about what you're, uh, what you're up to. I think it's, uh, I think, you know, this topic of overcoming adversity, of fear of limiting beliefs, it's, it's not one that we can talk about. We'll never be able to talk about it too much in, That's uh, right. in the, uh, in the entrepreneurial world. So really appreciate you having uh, so that. Thank you so much for having me. And again, hopefully we can do it again and love the work that you, you're both up to. This is important work and hopefully everybody listening gets inspired and, and overcomes those fears and boundaries. Got it. Andy, uh, Andy, one last question. If somebody wants to connect with you uh, and reach out to you, where do they, uh, where's the best place to do it? Yeah. So you can find best place would be Instagram. First and foremost, Andy underscore I underscore Anderson. You can check out relentlesseducation.com.au. We've got YouTube, Spotify. Uh, we've got a podcast as well and other things there. So they're the best uh, places to find me. Got it. We'll, uh, and we'll put links in the show notes awesome. uh, to get in touch with uh, Andy. So Andy Anderson, appreciate you having you uh, joining us today. Great to, uh, great to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate you. All right. Just wrapped up the, uh, the podcast with, uh, with Andy Anderson. Peter, what were your, uh, what were your big takeaways? His energy was like infectious. That was the coolest thing. Um, but he's on like he, you, it proves you don't have to go to school, right? Cause he went through all that process. He learned, he kept learning. And then he, that self-awareness that came is his biggest power that he has. I think it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know? no, I, what, I, what do you I, think? Yeah, no, I mean, I love the, you know, I love the, um, he talked about, you know, here, here's a guy who's like building this thing, building this thing. And, you know, the whole COVID connection, right? I mean, we, we didn't get into it a whole lot, but suddenly, you know, as this franchise of gyms and things like yeah. that, that, and it's, it's like gone, right? I had forgotten. I mean, he lives in Melbourne. I had forgotten. Melbourne was like, you know, lockdown. Legit lockdown. You know, I think, yeah. they just, I think there might be still stuff, still locked down. Right. And, um, you know, and they were, and you know, here, here it is, it, it gets decimated. But the, the thing that, the thing that's really interesting about, you know, when you talk to, when you talk to him is, and he's talked about this a couple of times is that layering effect, right? Because we talk about this, you know, we talk about the founder's journey as being just that, right? It's not a single event. It's not even normally a single business, right? But, you know, what he was able to do was kind of take one thing and leverage that to build the next and leverage that to build the next and then gets wiped out in COVID then leverages even that to go build the next to build the next. Right. And, um, you know, and that's what the journey is really all about. It's a really big tolerance for adversity that he built up over time. Right. Cause then by the time he hit COVID, he'd already 
you know, run out of money a bunch of times. And, you know, when we hear the story, there's a lot of stuff you don't hear, which he did admit that like, right. there's a lot of stuff that's like, it's up and down. It is down. It feels down. Even if you, you know, you have this mindset, but you have to keep bouncing back up. But that, that was really cool. And he talked about that, but that I like this idea of like the, he's, his adversity level, he can handle here. He kind of got to here. And then he's like, okay, this is a new one for me. Like COVID I, I'm going to go find out what to do. And, figured it out again you know yeah yeah the concept of um you know he talks about in there the concept of progressive in the basically the willingness to seek out fear right in reasonable ways but yeah seek out fear right and figure out those things that scare you most to just pursue them right yeah train your to train your mind to to on how to handle fear right that that just the just being afraid of something in and of itself doesn't mean you, you know, that's your mind trying to protect you from something, right? Right. Maybe your mind trying to get away or something. Right. And I think he's proved to himself by skydiving that he can actually overcome it if he needs to. And it's interesting because his business, the whole foundation of what he's doing is based on that, trying to figure that out for his life. And then the exhaust was like, fitness centers and you know all of this stuff just relate related to his his pursuit of that just right. don't like chase the hard thing don't be afraid just step yeah. into it how do i understand what are those things that are limiting me and then how do i actually go to go to pursue them? i mean he talked about he we, we he mentioned it real quick but if you follow him on instagram um you know he became a professional bodybuilder and yeah. you know it, and it was something he was afraid of and yeah i mean that's a that's a kind of a big commitment, right? I, mean, <laughs> I do. I don't. God knows Look, he's legit. Right. This isn't just like, hey, I'm going to go do a triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go, you know, change my body to be, you know, one of the, you know, most competitive in the world, I think is, uh, you know, is a whole different crazy. Level. Yeah. It was great. Um, it was really great. Uh, Great interview. We've got a bunch of them coming up um, in the next uh, in the next few weeks. So, um, if you're listening and you haven't subscribed, subscribe. You can hear Greg make fun of me from being old. You had an opportunity there to say like, "Oh, no, no, no." But we know Peter's old. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. So, um, yeah. So, if you haven't subscribed, do it. Um, got a bunch of great, uh, great episodes coming up and, uh, we'll see you next time on the Founders Journey podcast.